Last week, Jesus, in a miracle, curses something. And that's only one of the few miracles that Jesus will do. And it was a miracle of judgment. And you kind of wonder why the miracle of judgment. Uh, And this takes place in Matthew chapter 21. In Matthew chapter 21 and in Mark 11. We're going, to je- we're going to bounce back and forth tonight between the two and kind of get a couple of thoughts here. So you've got your Bible. Let's begin reading in verse number tw- uh, 18. The Bible says, Now in the morning as he returned into the city, he hungered. Uh, verse tw- 19. And when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon but leaves only. And say unto it, let no fruit grow on thee henceforth forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How soon is the fig tree withered away? Mark chapter 11 as well gives the same story of the fig tree. And this fig tree, if you will, is a picture as we talked about, of hypocrisy. And how is that a picture of hypocrisy? Is because as Jesus in Mark 11, as he was afar off, the Bible says, he saw the leaves. And in the the season of fig trees, if I understand correctly, in the season when fig trees have leaves, they're supposed to have fruit. And so when he came upon that tree, it should have had some fruit. And according to Levitical law, Levitical law was that a man uh, walking through an orchard was allowed to take a a fruit from somebody's fruit tree. Uh, Not allowed to necessarily pick all the fruit, but he is allowed to get somebody's fruit off of somebody else's fig tree. So Jesus was going, he saw a fig tree, he was gonna go get him a fig, And he was going to sit down and eat because he was hungry in verse 18. But we see that it it pictured these beautiful leaves and no figs. How true is that sometimes people who put on the biggest show at church are some of the biggest hypocrites at home. How they pretend to be and walk like and talk like, but truly they're hypocrites behind the church doors, or behind the house doors. I heard a preacher preach one time about wearing a mask to church. Which mask are you wearing? Uh, Look, uh, we'll put on our mask when we go to church and pretend to be something we're not, and the moment we leave church, we're a different person. We talk different, we walk different, we live different. And this is what he's talking about. This tree was a tree, a picture of, hypocrisy. And what Jesus was trying to tell the Pharisees and what Jesus was trying to teach his disciples is not to be a hypocrite. I understand that every one of us are not always going to live up to what we say. Does that make sense? I mean, I'm not always going to say and do exactly what I ought to. What is it, Paul, that says the things that I ought to do, I don't. And the things I do, I ought not to do. Hey, Sometimes that's me. But if I understand who I am and understand what I do, that doesn't make me a hypocrite. It just makes me a human. 
A hypocrite is who's someone who chooses to, on purpose, live a different life outside of church as they do inside of church. That's a hypocrite. And Jesus wanted to illustrate to the Pharisees and to these disciples that we shouldn't be hypocrites. But first of all, in my message tonight, I want to look at the sin, the sin that caused the judgment. The Bible tells us in this text that the judgment came as a result of the sin. Uh, This sin of hypocrisy will bring judgment. Be sure your sin will find you out. There is not one person in the world that will escape the hand of God, that will escape the sin. You think for a moment you might get away with it, but eventually your sin will catch up with you. Your sin will catch up with you. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 100 and verse 101, verse 7, he says, He that worketh deceit shall not dwell within my house. He that telleth lies shall not tarry in my sight. We ought to be careful on what we say and what we do. We ought to live a life where it's not the sin that will cause judgment upon our life. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 29 and verse number one, he that being often reproved hardeneth in his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. See, Jesus walked upon this fig tree. It did not have figs. It did not have fruit that it ought to have had. It put itself out there like it did. And when he came upon there, he judged this fig tree with a miracle. And the miracle was that it was not going to produce fruit anymore because of its sin. I would hate to know that I wouldn't produce fruit because of sin. There are Christians, including myself, If I'm not careful, I will produce no fruit because of my sin. The Bible says, it talks about it in in the New Testament. Paul talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Look, if I have sin in my life, I will not produce the fruit of the Spirit. The Bible says in Mark chapter number 11 and in verse number 14, he says, and Jesus answered and said unto him, no man eat fruit of thee, He's talking about the fig tree. He said, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. Forever. This this fruit tree was sinful. And because of its sin of hypocrisy, because of its sin of representation of hypocrisy, he judged it with a miracle and it was not to produce fruit anymore. Not only was it not going to produce fruit anymore, but it was going to be forever. In verse, verse number 14 that I read, uh, for forever, verse number 20 of Mark chapter 11, the Bible says, and in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree. It was dried up from the roots. Think about that for just a moment. When they walked to the tree, it looked beautiful. It had beautiful leaves. Looked like it was a big, beautiful fig tree. There was no figs. Jesus cast a miracle on it, and when he did the miracle, it dried the roots up and the leaves with it. You ever seen an old dead tree? Those things are dangerous, aren't they? Dead trees, they'll ruin a lot of things. With that old fig tree, because of the sin and its representation, Jesus caused a miracle to take place to dry 
the, the roots. And that tree was no longer going to produce fruit. And that tree was going to be like that forever. It's interesting that Jesus would do this to a fig tree. It's interesting enough that he would write about it and do this to a fig tree. But I think that I see in this text, and this is just my opinion, but I think that one thing that he was trying to illustrate is how important it is that we live the life that we're supposed to live. If we live the right life, we don't have to worry about the sin drying the roots and ruining the fruit. I don't know about you, but when I bite into a fruit or when I bite into an apple, I want it to be good. I don't like to bite into a rotten apple. One day at the house, I, I opened up an orange. We bought little oranges and I opened it up and I threw it in my mouth and I started eating it. Do you know what? That fruit, I, that orange was, was terrible. It had sat there too long. It was rotten, but I didn't know that. But that was a terrible fruit. Terrible. We ought to produce the right fruit. And we ought to produce the good fruit, not that hypocrisy. I want to, and the Bible says another scripture in John chapter 15, in verse number two. And the Bible says, in every branch in me <coughs> that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. You know, sometimes in our life, we feel like we're getting purged. Something's happening. Why is this happening to me? Sometimes it's so that we will bear more fruit. But if I don't have fruit growing, the Bible says in John, I ought to be cast down. Huh. What do you do to a, to a vegetable that won't grow? What do you do to a fruit tree that won't grow? You're going to get rid of that thing. You're not keeping it around just to hang out because you want fruit. You want tomato plant. You plant a tomato, you're going to expect tomatoes to grow. And if that thing doesn't produce tomatoes, you're going to get rid of that thing real quick. Hey, Christian, what fruit am I producing? What am I producing? What fruit is on my fruit tree? We can name a hundred different things for ourselves. But truly, are we producing fruit that God wants us to? Fruit that God wants us to. We see number one in the message is the sin. The sin that Jesus demonstrated here in this miracle. But then I also want to look at number two is what they saw. What did they see? In verse number 20 of our text in Matthew 21, the Bible says, and when the disciples saw it, what did they see? They marveled, saying, how soon is the fig tree withered away? How did that happen? They saw Jesus do many miracles. They seen Jesus do all these miracles. And here he is. He comes to the fig tree. And he causes the fig to dry up. He causes the tree to dry up from the roots up. He causes it to produce no fruit forever. 
and they saw it with their own eyes. Let me ask you, what have you seen God do in your life? What have you seen the Lord do for you? Have you seen God do something for you? Have you seen God answer prayer? Have you seen God move, mountain-moving faith? Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 6, it is impossible without faith to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, Mark 11 verse 22. Jesus said, this is his sermon, if you will, to them. In verse 22, and Jesus answering saith unto them, have faith in God. Now, you still have your Bibles open to Matthew chapter 21. I want us to read the next two verses together. 21 and 22. Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, If ye have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if ye shall say to that mountain, Be thou removed and be cast into the sea, it shall be done. And all things, verse 22, Whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing, ye shall receive. So Jesus knew what they saw. He was there with them. He cursed, if you will, this tree. He cursed it from the ground up, made it where it wouldn't produce fruit. And they saw it with their physical eye. And Jesus told them that if you have the faith of believing in me, just like what happened to that fig tree, you can say to that mountain right there, pick up and go somewhere else. Isn't that what it says in the Bible right there? He says also in another text, he says if you have the faith of a grain of a mustard seed, you can say to that mountain, get over there. Hey, believe in God. Have faith of what we've seen God do. Have faith. Look, we've not seen everything. We've not seen the miracles like Jesus saw and did. We didn't see Jesus walk on the water. We didn't see him help Peter catch the fish. But we get to read about it. But what is it? some things that we have seen God do? We have faith in God that he'll do it again. Have faith in God that he can and will. Because if you ask it in prayer, believing ye shall receive. What is it? What is it that we need God to answer? Ask it in his name. Isn't that what he says? Read you two different texts. And then I'm going to close. (coughs) James chapter 4. James chapter 4 and verse number 3. He says, Ye ask and ye receive not, because ye ask amiss. 
and ye make that ye may consume it upon your own lust. There are times you do not get what you've asked for because you didn't ask it in the right spirit, in the right way. Lord, I'm spending $100 on this lottery. You let me win it, right? Is that how it works? Rub it. Here we go. That's not how it works, honey. Right? Sorry, Stacy. It's not how it works, baby. That's not how it works. We're not asking something for our own lust. We're not asking for our own desires. We're asking <coughs> not necessarily for our own gain, but for God, for His glory, for His honor, for His life. That's what we're asking for when we pray. And when we're asking for us, if we're asking for our own lust, our own desire in this text, like it says, it's not going to come to pass. Hey, I've prayed for things that God said, no, what are you talking about? You're, you're asking for your own lust. I think it's, I, I do believe it's okay to ask God for things you desire, but not in a lustful manner. Man, I wish I had that car right there, buddy. Give me that car that Alfred has, man. I like it. That's a nice old car. Lord, just give it to me. That's not how we ask. That's not the right way to ask. I'm going to read one more verse. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13. The Bible says, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have desired of him. If I know I'm asking in his will and his desires and what God wants for me, then guess what? He will hear me when I pray. Trenton's will or God's will? If the Lord will, the Lord will. <laughs> Bible says in Psalms, I can't remember the chapter, but it says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, God will not hear me. If I have sin in my life, God's not going to hear me. If I ask it upon my own lust, God's not going to hear me. But if we ask it in the right spirit, in the right way, in the will of God, then he'll hear me. He'll answer my prayer. That's what Jesus was illustrating to them is see this. You see this fig tree. Don't live in sin. Don't have sin in your life because it will absolutely destroy you. And then also was to teach them to have faith of what they've seen. They saw it. He said, have faith in God. Hey, you can pray to me and I'll give what you want. Just pray. So I ask you, I'm going to be done. I'm going to ask you this. Do we pray the right way? Do I always pray the right way? I'm going to tell you, no. Are there times I pray the right way? Yes. Examine how we pray, why we pray. What's our motives behind what we're praying for? If the Lord will. If the Lord will. 
Let's pray. Lord, I love you. Thank you for tonight. Thank you for everyone being here.